Hey, Anna. Hey, Mike. So I've been playing around on Doghood again. Oh, yes. How's it going? Well, really good because they got a new events sort of section. And it's prompted me, um, Ira and all the good folk at All Dogs Matter, they've got a post up here reminding me that they're doing their spooktacular Halloween dog walk, which I completely forgot about, which is just around the corner. It'll be on the Heath and it's on Sunday, the 29th of October. So I've got that reminder now. I will plan to be there rather than thinking about it way too late and missing it like I did last year. Brilliant. Well, I'm going to be there this year, so that'd be a great opportunity to meet up. But that's kind of what um, the Doghood app's all about, really. It's meeting like-minded people and sharing fun times with your dog. So your dog's not at home, your dog's with you, and you're meeting new friends. Definitely. So uh, where, where can folk get this new Doghood app? They have to go to the app store, and it's doghoodapp.com. And it just works on iPhones at the moment, but that won't be for long. So it's the doghoodapp.com. And it'll be a handy link in the show notes. Exactly. All the links are always in the show notes, aren't they, Mike? Not always. Spend, <laughs> spend all my time cutting and pasting links. <laughs> doghoodapp.com. Mr. Binks, you know how dogs have been more in the news than ever lately. Well, that's why we're jumping on Zoom now to talk to the CEO of All Dogs Matter about dogs in general, but also about the impending, sad, tragic situation revolving around XL bullies. I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. Ira Moss. Welcome back to A Dog's Life. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, it's been ages since we actually caught up properly on the podcast and um, a a lot's been happening. And yeah, I just can't wait to chat really to get the update from you as to now what's going on really on the front line with dogs. Well, a lot. There's quite a lot going on since, um, well, I'm not sure when we last sort of spoke on your um, amazing show. But since lockdown, um, which is now since quite a while, I don't know, two, three years away, a lot has happened and a lot has changed in the world of dogs and dog rehoming and adopting. Yeah, I mean, particularly at the minute, I would have thought with the recent news, you know, that um, we're going to ban the XL bully. And, um, you know, I'm interested to know, have you had a bit of an influx of XL bully types? Because obviously they're not a defined breed as such, and Mm -hmm. they vary in their looks a lot, which is a massive issue, which we'll discuss. Because that's a worry for you, because if these dogs are handed in, legally if they're banned mm. you're not allowed to rehome yeah. them because they're ban- and so their fate you know is pretty grim they're well they're kind of sadly being a lot a lot of them are being bred basically just to die really that's going to be the fate of most of them like it is and was with the pit bulls you know when they brought the pit bull ban in most of these dogs you know don't you don't tend to see many old pit bulls walking around just the old staffies and staffy crosses but you won't see many old pit bulls and I don't think you'll see many old XL bullies because sadly a lot of the people that kind of that tend to buy them um, don't really think of the sort of next 12, 15 years of their lives. They're just a quick fix. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't think they 
either think or really care about the implications and, and what's going to happen to these dogs. Um, and we, we've been seeing an increase of XL bullies coming in. Well, for the last few months, actually, I, I'd say we're seeing a lot more dogs in the last sort of three to six months, but particularly the XL bullies. And the, the typical call is, oh, they've grown a bit big and I've got, you know, two kids, I can't cope, I'm on my own. And yeah, they the, the clue is in the name. They're an XL bully. That's why they grow big. Um, the average size is between 50 and 70 kilos. And if you can't afford to feed one of these dogs properly, then sort of don't buy one. And, and, and let's remember that the price of these dogs, I mean, there's one winner here and it's the breeders. Um, not now that they've sort of dropped in value. But these dogs were at the beginning of lockdown when they were worth, when they became the new status dog. The average price of them was two or three thousand pounds. There's sort of no excuse to say, "Oh, I can't aff afford to feed my dog." In mm -hmm. my opinion, well, I think that goes for lots of the breeds bought through lockdown, wasn't it, Ira? Because yeah, but if you're talking even... about a seventy kilo dog, you know, yeah, no, absolutely. I know. I mean, let's work out three percent of. Um, I don't know if my mic listening in, my loyal producer might have to do the maths for me, but we want Mike, we want 3% of 70, and that will work out the amount of food that an average XL bully would eat um, on an average day. So uh, meanwhile, as that calculation is going on. <laughs> Don't ask me. Um, I'm, not, I'm not here to do the math. <laughs> no, nor am I. Um, <laughs> but it's mad. But, you know, so many breeds went up in price and people mm. paid ridiculous sums of money oh, for gosh, I mean, dogs. I mean, during lockdown, I mean, people were paying the, the, the price of probably what you and I, because we're similar age, um, paid for our first cars, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the average price of a dog, I think, pre-lockdown was, say, 500 to maybe £1,000 for the Frenchies and things like that and now well it's gone down again but the, the, the prices were crazy I mean the average price of a dog was two and a half to five thousand pounds um and why how would anyone pay that kind of money to buy a dog and, and, and unfortunately what's happened it's they've become a commodity because of it you know we've created a commodity we've made we've turned dogs into a commodity they're big business and, you know, so that's what I'm saying. Ultimately, the winners here are, are, are in a, not all of them, obviously, I'm not saying everyone, but in a lot of cases are the breeders and the XL bullies and the Frenchies and those kinds of breeds tend to be backstreet bred um, in a inner city dogs. I shouldn't say in a London, we're in London, but inner city dogs. Um, people earning lots and lots of money out of them, but these dogs sadly um, not making it through to probably pass the age of um, three, maybe. Um, we're seeing huge amounts coming in. We're also seeing a massive rise. And um, in fact, the highest, because as you just mentioned, Anna, and you're quite right, you can't define what an XL bully is. We have an idea in our mind and the dog wardens that pick them up when they are abandoned will have an idea of what an XL bully may look like. Um, and for those of you who don't know, um, again, correct me if you don't agree with me, but kind of almost sort of um, slightly um, strangely shaped, too much chest, making them bandy-legged and almost a bit sort of dinosauric with a huge watermelon head. Um, so that's the definition of, a, of an XL bully. But, but the highest single breed that we now have coming in to rescue, which you'll, some of you will be probably quite surprised to hear, is the French Bulldog. Well, it doesn't surprise me. They're not easy Frenchies. 
you know, they are little little bull breeds, you know, they yeah. they they won't be able to kill someone, which no, sadly, no. you know, we're in that situation with the XL bully, but they're not the most biddable of dogs and they have moods and they're yeah. they're not the easiest to train at all. You sound like you're talking about my dog, Anna, who's <laughs> a French bulldog no, uh, well, that I got from the charity. I'm talking more about my own dog, <laughs> Prudence. You've got this bottle on that, you know, my yeah. French bulldog, Mimi, is exactly all those things you just said. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, people were paying £5,000. We got um, Mimi, my one, came from a litter that was taken away from one of the London boroughs. Um, they were being sold um, on one of the estates for £5,000 each. Um, the council found out, which is unusual because they don't often get involved, but it was kind of, well, you can't, you know, you can't sell on, um, make a business out of selling dogs on a council property. So you either hand the property back or the dogs come away. Um, and in this case, the dogs were handed over. Um, but what we're seeing again now, two, three years down the line, the Frenchies we're getting in are typically, not always, but typically, the females are coming in after they've been used for breeding and they can't breed off them anymore. And again, as you'll know, um, most Frenchies need to have a cesarean birth. So it's going to cost the breeder more money to have a litter. Um, and in a lot of cases, they're not they're not going for those cesareans. So, you know, there's probably a lot of fatalities. Um, and we, we, we actually think now through research that maybe a lot of the dogs that aren't having the cesareans and maybe are trying to give birth naturally or the bitches are having some brain damage which is because there's lack of oxygen they're stressed um and maybe that's why we're seeing a lot more coming in with behavioral issues that's really interesting you know because this whole lack of oxygen thing it's something i've thought about for quite a long time what with my prudence having had Mm. a surgery that sort of has compromised her throat basically and um um she had fluid on the lung and all sorts of things so her breathing hasn't been what it was so yeah. I would love to do a study on the effect but obviously if you don't get oxygen to your brain you get brain starved don't yeah, you yeah so yeah and it's just one thought I mean you know I say this isn't anything written in science but it's no no but it's so it's yeah, it kind of totally makes sense to me. I've been thinking about this mm. for the last three years, Ira. So, but obviously, you can build uh, from there, and you can recoup brain cells that may have been, you know, damaged. Yes, and with the right know, training so, and care, exactly. you know, mm, you, you, no. you, you can. But they're, they're um, but you need the right owners for you that. You need the right owners, and again, they they have a lot of health issues apart from that. If there is such science in that, they mm. tend to have a lot of health issues. And again, you know, if you're going to spend two and a half to five thousand pounds if you could afford to pet spend that money on a dog take out insurance and what we're seeing are a lot of people not saying everyone has to take out insurance but the breeds that you know are going to get typically are going to probably get certain um, health issues like a french bulldog take out insurance because the other reason we're seeing so many coming in is when they arrive they're in they're coming in such terrible states a lot of them need the boas surgery which you know with a short flat face um ear problems uh, breathing problems, all sorts of things. So what's happening is these dogs are coming into the charities now and each dog is get, is costing us, when I say us, I'm talking about collectively charities, a deficit of probably a £1,000 because if, if you get five French bulldogs in in a month and they won't all need Boaz, but say three of them do, you know, work, work the math. I mean, we're very lucky um, that we've got a couple of vets that we work with and they're, they're very good at helping us. But you're talking about at least a £1,000 to get boas done um, on a Frenchie or, or, or a bull, you know, any of the bull breeds. Yeah, Pugs yeah. Or another one. 
Yeah, exactly. And that, of course, drains your resources. Yeah. yeah, because you can still only rehome your dogs for a certain amount of money. And where people are, you know, struggling a little bit more financially, um, donations will go down. So say our, our adoption fee is, let's say, £250. Before, people would say, well, here's £300. But people... Most people will give you that £250, which is, is fair enough. But that dog that you're rehoming for £250 has probably cost you or us £1,000 on average. Mm. And the time and the effort to and the time and the, the effort and, yeah. and the whole setup and it's so sad because you know the, these dogs have started off. This is why I've, I find it really upsetting that they've just become a commodity. So they've started off, um, you know, in. in on sale at five thousand pounds and they've ended up because people don't want to pay or can't afford or just you know aren't interested in paying the vet bills and that's when they're that's when they're just literally thrown out or passed on to someone else online who doesn't understand the full implication they'll just rehome them to anyone that comes along they then pass them along to someone else and on top of the the, the medical issues you've then suddenly got um, behavioural issues like separation anxiety through sky high because these dogs may have had by the time they come into the charities they've often had an, say an average of three to six homes per dog oh. because they're worth now the XL bullies the reason they're now being given away is because they're very very hard to home no one wants them anymore um, so they're worth no retail value whatsoever and I think that's another reason why we're seeing so many accidents because people are giving them the people that have got them they can't sell them so they're giving them away for free or if you can imagine you can't even give this dog away for free so you what do you do an irresponsible person you, you know you're not bothered about what other people may, may happen to the dog or other people so you leave that dog tied up to a park bench for example or in a park the dog gets stressed we're talking about a 50 to 70 kilo dog it pulls it pulls away from its leash and suddenly it's running around a park with people screaming and you can see because the dog's stressed and confused and you can see it all going terribly wrong yeah very quickly as well that's the awful thing and it's not the dog's fault that's no. um that's the issue. And lots of people do own XL bullies and they are really, you know, Jordan Shelley, for example. Yeah, of course. Is, you know, and, and it, Basil, that's his name, is is a super dog. And of course. And we've and, got XL bullies that we've rehomed. Um, we've got a couple on our website now. If you go on the All Dogs Matter website, you'll see uh, Loki um, and a couple of others. And and that and we've got Ralphie. They're lovely dogs. They've all been abandoned, but then they're, they're lovely dogs. But if it is going to go wrong, it can go wrong very quickly and very badly. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, what do you think then about, you know, the proposed ban, Ira? Do you think it's going to be absolute carnage? You know, do you think it's a waste of taxpayers' money? What do you reckon to the welfare of the dogs? I, I think we have to do something. I'm not sure exactly how many deaths or fatalities there's been so far this year, but I'd say there's probably at least eight fatalities. I think it's I think more, it's more, more, it's more, Ira, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and you know what, it's not, sadly, it's not, the, you know, it isn't the dog's fault, and I just think it's just too easy for anyone. Um, I've, you know, I've got 12-year-old step grandchildren that sounds confusing but 12 year old step-grandchildren and you know what they all these kids are, are good online at the moment they can all do anything and I if I gave if I gave one of them the challenge the oldest one of 12 and said go online and see if you can get an Excel bully for free or for 50 pounds I bet you they could go I bet you they could get one and walk away with that dog that's how easy it would be for anyone to get one of those dogs so I really think that 
we just it's just too easy for people in this country or probably lots of countries to be able to go and get and buy and breed these kinds of dogs it's just too easy anyone well what you're touching on there though ira is online sales i mean this is what i online would sale. see I've been completely banned I've been, that's my pet subject, I've been harping on for years and years about online sales and no one wants to do anything, you know, the the, the kind of, I could probably say it on your uh, yes. platform, your gum trees and your pre-loves of this, you know, it's too much revenue for them, that, you know, um, pets for homes, that's another major one now, too much money for them, they're, they're not interested if someone dies or gets attacked, what, what do they care, as long as they can get their revenue in, and that's where it needs to stop, but no one seems to, it's so easy, in my, in my opinion, it's so black and white, but just no one wants to kind of, you know, if, if someone was advertising guns or lions online or drugs online, they wouldn't be allowed to, but in my, my humble opinion, advertising a dog that you know is going to get to possibly again i keep harping on about 75 kilos because that's what i believe the maximum weight is that it should not be so easy for that if you know because they are used as weapons to be able to be bought online that easily and now what we're seeing is we're getting breeders if you call them breeders ringing us up and going i've got a litter of six dogs i can't sell them i've sold two do you want the rest and we we don't want to take them in because in theory, we may have to put those puppies to sleep if we can't rehome them. Exactly. And, we, and, then, and then you think, oh, my God, if you don't take them, what's going to happen to these poor dogs? I know, I know. You're damned if you do and damned if you don't. But surely, you see, the way to fix it, in my view, would be for government to really step in with these gum trees yeah. and, and all the other ones. Totally. Um, and stop it because they must have the power because anyone in their right mind doesn't buy a dog of any, a chihuahua, an XL bully, a Frenchie or any, any animal actually online because it's a living creature. I think you'll find that most people um, that have bought dogs in the UK will have bought them online and when they the cockapoo type dogs let's kind of go down the cockapoo route um, or all those cockapoo type crosses they tend to be more of a puppy farm dog um, and, and if you suggest that to a to an owner oh did you get it from puppy farm oh, they go, oh no no it was a very nice farm in the country <laughs> and they were lovely people and it was all an accident I think people believe what they want to believe oh, um, and we are seeing cockapoos coming in with behavioural issues not as many um, and of course their retail value lasts a bit longer because if they were bought for £2,000, most cockapoo-type owners could probably still sell that dog online for £1,000. They want that thousand half the money back, you know, which pre-lockdown wasn't happening. So dogs were, when they were bought for £500, they were no longer wanted. They were pretty much being handed over to charities. But now people don't want to do that because they want half of that money back because it's such a huge amount of money. You see, this is where I'm so cross that the animal welfare bill, you know, kept bill was shelved, basically, because oh. that was going to look at this online sales aspect as a way of curbing puppy smuggling. Because at the moment, puppy farmers have got like this massive shop window yeah, cool. to sell puppies that have been, you know, cruelly bred and in like a factory farming environment that is totally breaking every aspect of every animal welfare bill. So that's also not good. And of course, these puppies, you know, don't have the best start in life. So they're not going to be the best puppies for people to buy. And also, should we not blaming ourselves? You know, I, I just think dogs have become, they're just too fashionable. Everyone's got a dog. And if not one, they've got two. We need to stop this obsession about everyone having a dog. And if not one, 
too, you know. I mean, I'm seeing people walking around in matching pairs now. I don't know if you've noticed that. I've, you know, um, I'm sure your producer might have noticed, you know, on Hampstead Heath. People seem to have matching pairs, you know. And why do we have to have, why does everyone have to have a dog? Why do we have to have two? You know, rescue a dog if you want another one. Or just don't get one. You don't have to have, have two dog. dogs. We don't all have to have a dog. No, but you see, roll back the clock to 2002 and there were hardly any dogs in London. When you yeah. saw a dog in London, you were like, oh, my God, look. Dog, yeah. And it was brilliant. You'd really talk to them and yeah. it was so exciting. And then I, I moved to Lambs Conduit Street where there's lots of parks like Corrin Fields and you've got Lincoln's mm-hmm. in. And it's all, it was, well, it still is all pedestrian. I love Lambs Conduit Street. I used oh. to work there. Of course, where the Great Ormond Street Hospital is. Yeah, we, exactly. We to go in there with our dogs and, and, and visit the kids. I love it around there. No, it's gorgeous. And that's where Molly grew up, actually, my first mini mm. bull. And we met lots of like-minded people. It was, but it was very small, you yeah, know. Yeah. And and the problem is, I think, because then there were no professional dog walkers and there definitely weren't any doggy daycare centers. So, mm. you know, I had to manage. I was freelance and luckily we were above a shop. So there was always someone who could, there was plenty of support around for moles. So that wasn't an issue. And I used to just take her with me to meetings. So it was, oh. it was, but how mad was that? You know, I was yeah. asking, is it all right if I bring Molly to the meeting? You know, and everyone knew they had to say yes because no wasn't an answer. So it, it was really quite strange and brilliant. Then suddenly, you know, so you managed if you had a dog and you had to really juggle life. But then suddenly, oh, we don't have to walk our dogs anymore because we hire a dog walker. Oh, yeah. we yeah. don't have to clip our dogs' nails anymore because you go to the groomers. There weren't any groomers in London. No, well, and, and you, Anna, you and I, we, we're both kind of a little bit into our hair I'm not trying to say we're completely vain but he, I have I've always gone for flat you know like that yourself sort of short-coated yeah coated dogs apparently you can't get a dog grooming appointment for love nor money we we could get our hair cut a lot quicker really than, than apparently dog, yeah apparently there's like four to six waiting uh, waiting weeks god that's mad well luckily I bathe my own dogs I mean you know because they are the dogs they are I bathe my own I trim my own dogs nails, and it's actually. not cheap you know again to groom your dog you're talking about I think it's about 40 pounds a groom you know it's it's, it's you know it's a lot of well, money this... it's good for those groomers they were you know they're they're sort of earning you know there's lots of new businesses that have probably come out of that and I agree you know I think that's great that there are new businesses that have emerged since lockdown because there's a demand for it and I think that's great but you know two you've got two curly-haired dogs and you're grooming them you know twice uh you know every every six weeks let's say um well, you it know, it's, it's expensive and of course it is, particularly at the minute, you know, that's that's the thing. And I just feel... Well, again, if you know, don't get these kinds of dogs or breeds, I suppose, if you can't afford it. And it seems to be a lot of people, despite what we're saying, a lot of people seem to be affording it. So, you know, great if you can. Yeah, uh, but yeah, but... fair comment, fair comment. But, you know, the doodles, you know, are even more unregulated than the pedigree dogs. I mean, with the pedigree dogs, you know, this is my one of my biggest bugbears. So long as you do go to a kennel club assured breeder for a particular breed of dog, like say a miniature bull terrier, then you know you know you're going to get dogs that have, have come from health tested parents. Generally speaking, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, these puppies have been reared in really a good environment with people who know what they're doing because they care for their breed of dog and they don't breed many litters. And you've been on a waiting list and you've mm. finally got your puppy after waiting two years that's how it always used to be yeah I, I don't think those two-year waiting lists um really exist anymore I think even the, the 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 sort of the good or the better kennel club readers I think they're 
you know, I, I think they've, you know, there, there's a lot of money in it, you know, and I think people not, you know, not many people want to turn away that kind of money. And if they have an opportunity, sadly, I, I think people are cashing in on it and it's, you know, untaxed. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure about the, the proper breeders, but just think another, another bugbear that I have, people are earning probably in some cases, 50,000 pounds per litter of dogs or have been, it's probably all untaxed. It's all cash. And we're, we're feeding that, you know, we're, we're kind of promoting that and we're all very quick to be politically correct on everything, but we don't seem to mind handing over two and a half thousand pound into someone's account. Who's just probably, I don't know what they're going to do with it. Go on holiday or, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, and then you've got the aspect of all the scamming that went on through lockdown and probably oh, still God. does. Give oh. us £500 for a deposit and we'll, and we'll on this deliver puppy. your dog. Yeah, and then there was no puppy. And then government has promised so much and delivered nothing right, yeah. right now, apart from yeah. banning another breed, which, you know, what people I think don't realise is it will cost the UK taxpayer multi-millions of pounds because we know what it will cost from what it cost before, except it will have gone up with inflation. And we could spend that money so much more proactively. That's what I think is a great shame. Yeah, but but, but it, it, I agree with what you're saying. The, the problem is, and I, you know, I think, you and a lot of your listeners won't realize because you're not sitting on the end of a phone in a rehoming charity how many calls we're getting a day and as soon as there's been another attack those calls will jump up so if you can imagine we as a sort of you know medium-sized charity are getting 10 calls a day and everyone that calls says oh i've rung every charity no one will take the dog in um and when you say but you, you when you say to these people why do you want to rehome your dog um, well, we know the answer. It's because they've just heard another dog's been attacked, you know, another person's been attacked and they're scared. But they they want that. It, you know, it sounds like I'm being really callous, but but what is going to happen to what is going to happen to all, all, all these dogs? And um, there probably will be a ban because they are potentially dangerous because of the whole subject we just spoke about. Um, what what? What, what what do you do and and you know sadly most of these dogs are going to end up being put to sleep yeah yeah i know people don't like to hear that but it's the sad truth and you know that that is what but the problem is going to be isn't it that loads of dogs that might look like an xl bully right will also get put to sleep and then you know it's going to engage lots of expert Uh, witnesses are going to earn money out of it lawyers are going to earn money out of it it's going to become this whole money earning exercise to get innocent dogs out of these kennels you know who are going to who who are going to get these dogs out of kennels who are those people going to be if a responsible owner's got one of these dogs that dog's not going to end up I mean, if you're... But they're all going to be seizable, whether they're running around your park off lead or whether you're just walking down the street with a dog nicely well, walking to I, heel. I, you know, yeah, I don't think the poli- I, I just don't think there's enough police around to seize these dogs, even if they wanted to. I mean, you know, I think the police aren't... I know we think they are, but I don't think they're completely stupid if they've got a dog's dangerous dog unit or a dog warden sees them. If they see someone who they feel looks fairly responsible and that dog's on a lead and on a muzzle and they'll probably ask them I don't think they're going to seize them because I don't think they have the time to do that but if one is left tied up in a park and it's looking very underweight and it's broken loose will that owner that that dog may have been shipped to want to go through the whole hassle of spending £20,000 to get their dog back sadly I think there's a very very low percentage of, of that happening. 
Well, yeah, Mike's just messaged me in my ear to say a 70 kilo XL bully will eat 2.1 kilograms of food a day. Right. And it, I suppose there's food and there's food, it, you know, you, you, it, that mm. could be 10 pounds a day or that could be 20 pounds a day, depending on what you decide to feed that dog. Well, yeah. And we know that nutrition affects behavior. So, you know, arguably the more cheaper food is going to make the dog more hyper, you know, less yeah. nourished, ill, prone to illness as well, prone to vet bills. So that's not always the right option. So, yeah, the circle continues, doesn't it? Mm. It does. And, um, and you know, after the XL bully, there'll probably be another breed. Um, until, yeah, well, this is the said. other thing. This is the other thing. I mean, there are a lot of big dog breeds out there. I don't know. I just feel we need to take a leaf out of some of the other countries in the world. Totally. And, and just look at what they're doing and how they manage living with dogs. You know, I'm not Swedish because I'm really proud of it. So I love Scandinavia. And yeah. their approach on so many levels is completely yeah. polar opposite to what we do here. And, and, and I, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm not Scandinavian anyway, but I used to work. I used to do some work in Scandinavia and Sweden particularly. And oh, just, just so just so thoughtful on, on everything and just so not organized in a sort of Germanic type way, but just everything's thought out there. They, they, they're not rational and, and things are done that make sense. But here, I don't know. We just can't seem to manage that very well at the moment. You know, no, I know exactly. You know, and they, they move with the latest science as well. And I think yeah. that's something that's so important on a dog behavior level and nutrition and health, you know, to, oh, sorry, this is my cat just <laughs> playing my, this is the feral cat. Um, Ira, oh. welcome to a dog's life baggy oh <laughs> well apparently you know not only dogs apparently cats is an all-time high of cat abandonment at the moment and cats uh, needing to, to come into charities it's great that you got a feral one well uh, this is the but... problem well with bags i mean you know gremlin sadly was poisoned and had an untimely death you know my cat that i adored mm. so yeah. basically you know seven weeks ago this cat that's here now um landed on my doorstep like random I mean that's only happened to me twice in my life once with Gremlin but he was fit and young and amazing and loved dogs um and loved Molly so he that was that story and then he's arrived Baggy and he he was you know in need of help I mean he's still not totally right yet but we're getting him a lot better and it's settling down actually with the dogs. So it's in a way, you know, he's he's arrived here for a reason and mm. um, he loves eating raw food. So I think he's been feral for a, and he's got testicles. I mean, yeah. and he's had a broken jaw, um, but he is beautiful. Um, <laughs> he will be. Anyway, anyway, the point no. was there were no rescues that could take him in. So what was he supposed to do? You know, throw him, I couldn't do that. So, and luckily, you know, I've got a garden. So he lived in the garden for the first few days, you know, Mm -hmm. because his skin was extremely bad. I mean, he was bald and it was awful. And he obviously had worms and he was terribly thin. Um, So we've done pretty well, you know, so yes. And why not have him? Well, they say cats have nine lives. So maybe it's gremlin come back in his ninth, you know. (laughs) <laughs> you never know, you know, I think the thing is with cats, they do fascinate me. Gremlin taught me so much about cats. And I do think people, you know, should consider bringing a cat into your yeah. life, maybe and not a dog. You know, maybe yeah, start the time off is... with a cat. They're so much more independent. And if you, yeah. you know, and that, that you know, I, I agree, you know, I mean, maybe all this should be, we could bring it into the school educational curriculum. Maybe this animal education needs to 
be sort of taught at schools. I think so. I think because dogs have reached, I mean, look, we're living with more dogs now than we ever have done in 20,000 years, <laughs> you know, so yeah. dogs are really around us. And and of course, the one thing you learn if you're, a, if you are a responsible dog owner is that when you go out with your dog, you have to understand that you're never far away from someone who might be allergic to dogs, might have a deep fear of dogs, might be culturally not inclined to like dogs. All these things yeah. are fair enough. And your dog has to really, you know meet the bar you know you've got to have a well-behaved dog particularly in an urban environment where you've got lots of people around you know dogs have to interact with people correctly and that takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of commitment from the owner to achieve that you can't just I never understand about these residential training things well someone rang me the other day Ira and said will you take my multi-poo in for residential training for two weeks and you know it's not a service I offer because I also think no I can train the dog but that doesn't mean to say you're going to have a relationship with the dog when the dog returns in two weeks yeah exactly the relationship with your dog but not you no I'm hearing that people that getting working breeds and then suddenly think oh I can't cope with this dog and they're sending them off to these training camp type places for for these trainers to train them and then of course they come back they're a completely different dog they're often quite traumatized and the person that couldn't handled their working dog let's say a spaniel or a visa to begin with still can't you know so yeah it's like having a baby and handing it off you know to a nanny to look after for the first year or six months you know what what is the point I mean training classes yes of course I, I, I agree with and I think it should be mandatory that you get a dog you go to training classes um but yeah just to hand it off to someone else to do the the sort of um, you know, we, we often get quite, we're quite shocked by sometimes, you know, people that want to bring us up to adopt dogs and the dog they apply for, maybe two years old, and um, they go, oh, is it house trained? And we'll, we'll always be quite honest because we don't want to just give dogs to people, you know, we, we can never guarantee anything. And we go, well, actually, no, not, not always. And they're like, really? It's two years old and it's not house trained? Well, because this dog has the reason it's with us is because it's been passed around and no one's bothered to house train it or do exactly but you know I always think you know people are so worried about house training you know that is the main problem with puppies the house you know the toilet training and I say to people look don't worry it will come you know they haven't got control of their bladder until they're 22 weeks old anyway but obviously they're a lot probably older coming from all those matter but you know what I mean so it's like there's so much more you have to be teaching your puppy right now yeah them worrying about if it does the odd pee on your carpet you know you've brought a dog into your life now it's the ups and downs that you go through so um it is funny what generally the priorities are you know and they're not the priorities that you should be prioritizing (laughs) but going back to cats you've rehomed a a few cats haven't you we do rehome we we do you know if and where we can um we, we do rehome cats um but it, it's sad again, you know, I, I'm sure, I don't know the price of a cat at the moment, but they're, they're not obviously going to be any, I, I don't think they're anywhere near the same value as dogs were because it's so much easier to breed them and get them. But yeah, we're, we're hearing that a lot of the cat charities, we're getting more calls about people asking us if we can take cats in. We can't because we haven't got the facility. We've been, some sometimes we've managed to, or we get a lot of people with dogs that have got dogs and want, um, sorry, people that have got cats and want dog-friendly dogs, which we can't, again, always guarantee. And as you know yourself, a, a dog can be fine with one cat, but not necessarily another. So that's something to, to sort of consider as well. 
No, totally. I mean, it is something I've always thought with the the bigger charities, you know, they always say, you know, I remember when Moles was getting on a bit and I had Gremlin, my first cat at that point, and I thought I want to introduce a younger dog, you know, and it ended up being Mr. Binks. And so I was looking on, you know, all the all the sites and all of them for any dog I had a vague interest in was like, cannot live with a cat, cannot live with a cat. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, that I can't adopt, you know, and and absolutely, I, I do understand why, but in fairness, proof is in the pudding, as they say, Yeah, you know, from going from complete, I didn't think it was going to work with Baggy, you know, and Prudence, to it being kind of going okay, touch wood. Yeah, but you're, you know, you're experienced and you've got that knowledge, but, you know, not, not everyone is and I'm sure it, it can work and again it depends if you've if you've got a, a sort of slightly feral cat that is happy to go in and out if the dog chases them and you've got a garden and somewhere for the, the cat to run to what we're, we're what we kind of wouldn't risk it with um would be if someone was in a, a flat with no access to a garden let's say a first or second floor and a dog and a cat with nowhere for the cat to escape to that for us would be too high risk yeah. yes of course you know it, 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 if if it's the right um sort of set up and it's not we, we so we have a policy and again I'm, I'm sure it can work but we take him ex um rescue greyhounds so we will not put the greyhounds the working greyhounds with cats because they're tra- when they're trained they're trained to chase things that look like cats and small furries and rabbits and things so that's a no-no for us um because it's in you know it, it's been sort of drummed into them since they were puppies but you know i'm sure there are lurchers that can live with cats you know non-working greyhounds and things and a lot of the greyhounds and salukis that come into rescues have often come off you know from traveler sites and again they're they're trained to sort of coursing and all that kind of stuff so we do have to be really really careful yeah absolutely and managed it we have had people that have managed it you know yeah, and it does depend on the cats, you see, as well. Exactly. Um, um, you know, scaredy cat cat. I mean, um, <laughs> Bags isn't a scaredy cat cat. So that's fine. So, you know, Prudence barks at him. He stands his ground. But was, he was just standing his ground a bit too much. It's yeah. like he turned into a saber-toothed tiger. Yeah. And, and then, of course, Prudence, you know, accelerated, rightly so, you know, can't blame her. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's got a lot better. So, I've, so I've been training the cat and training the dogs. And Mr. Binks is fine because he's, you know, I call him benign. You know, he's he just gets on with it. And uh, Baggy's realised, you know, he's no threat. That's all it is, really. So anyway, well, hopefully you'll meet Baggy one day. Yes, um, very excited. We'll send us a photo. Yes, I will. And check out Instagram. Well, Ira, look, you must get a bit depressed, do you, uh, the, <laughs> the current situation? It is a bit. It's kind of, yeah, it's um, sadly a job that uh, you can't really sort of finish. And a lot of people say, oh, you must love your job. It's You must love it. They think it's this kind of glamorous thing where this glamorous job that all these lovely little puppies come in and, and they all run off into their, their their families and there is that you know we have some amazing stories and we've got some amazing adopters and there are dogs that that come in and their bags of bones and then they end up in the most amazing homes you know so it it can be very rewarding um but it can also be very depressing uh because there's not always the answer and you can't help every dog out there and as you say you know with with this this band coming in um it's just so awful to think of these all these dogs that we and all the other charities 
can't help. And I and I also think I want to add that there's a lot of people that try and help these dogs and, and situations. And sometimes by trying, it's making the problem worse because we'll get so many calls and emails from people saying, oh, I've got this dog. I, I picked up this dog yesterday because it wasn't being well treated. It was an XL bully and blah, blah, blah. And I've taken it home and it doesn't get on with my cat or with my other dog or with my kids. Um can you come and get it now? And and then what happens to that dog, you know, because we can't always come and get it now. So the dog's gone from one, you know, not great situation straight into another. Um, and I think that's another thing that could be tackled. Yeah, there's some lovely people out there that really want to help, but it's not always that easy to help. No, not with a dog that size, you know. But or even a little dog, you know. Mm, it, no, even I a know. Chihuahua with a cat no, can no. still chase the cat. Oh, no, or no, child. no, absolutely. I mean, a cat could kill the chihuahua. I mean, Gremlin was big enough to kill a chihuahua. I mean, he, Gremlin was the one I had to worry around Mr. Binks. Gremlin hated Mr. Binks. You know, he yeah. used to stalk him. It was awful. I mean, I had to really. I had to call a cat expert. Um, <laughs> I did. No, Gremlin, he was acting like a Bengal. And um, so I called a Bengal a cat expert, right? Oh, wow. Anyway, I know, I know. Anyway, that I know, bless him, you know, I miss him. You know, you do get so attached to animals. That's why I can't bear all of this that's going on, you know, oh, selling wow. them on the internet, buying them on the internet. I just... I just find it totally against. Well, it. let's try and get a campaign, you know, going to yeah, well, try and get the government to stop, you know, a- allowing the sales on these online platforms, and and let's stop feeding these people that are breeding these dogs to die. Let's stop sort of feeding their pockets because, you know, I I I don't think people really quite understand the whole implication these aren't lovely people that want to give you a happily you know a little dog that can you can run off into the sunset they're not lovely people and and i'm sure there's a lot that are but maybe let's think about where this money and who this money is going to and 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 see if it can go in in other in other areas or to 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 to, to the charities i know a lot of people are probably gonna be saying well i tried to adopt a dog and they wouldn't give me a dog because i've got kids and i've got this and i've got that so we had to buy one um but maybe just think about that process before you encourage that ongoing breeding and we take your next breeding dogs the cockapoo type dogs from puppy farms and those the 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 bitches when they come in um after having been used for breeding only for let's say three to five years they're so shut down they're 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 institutionalized they're shut down they've never been out um and I, i don't think people are necessarily seeing that or want to see it i think they're sort of hiding that almost Oh, God, I know people don't get it and people are so sure. I mean, someone I know recently has just bought a dog. I didn't recommend they did it, but they did it. And, you know, and I could see through what they weren't seeing with the correspondence and all the rest of it. I was thinking, actually, I think this person doesn't know one end of a dog from another. Um, All of the stuff they were sent was just copied and pasted off the Internet. And it was like... Anyway, but look, anyway, and hopefully it will all be all right. They're committed, you know, to the dogs. So that's the main thing. But, uh, um, yes. you know, which is great. But look, all we can do is, like, help raise funds for All Dogs Matter so that you can continue this good work. Because it must be heartbreaking, Ira, to be honest, can really feel that 
for you. Oh, it's you just know. kind of you're going around a wheel, you know, it's a grinding wheel that just keeps going around and it's same sort of, it's like Groundhog Day. You know, <laughs> yeah. But listen, I'm so excited because I can come to the Halloween walk, which is Amazing. next Sunday. And I'm looking Fantastic. forward to that because I haven't been able to do Sunday no, events because working. of the exactly. So this is amazing. Now your show is on great time, Friday, Friday nights, which is fantastic. Yeah, um, a bit we'll late, be able but to have you know, you along judging and taking part again that you know we've missed you. So Oh, Ira, gosh, well, I can't wait. So fingers crossed for the weather. So where's everyone meeting? It's at the Spaniards So Inn. we are it's... meeting at the Spaniards Inn, which is a haunted um, pub in Hampstead. It's one of the oldest pubs in London. It's where Dick Turpin apparently used to ride his horse through. So the Spaniards Inn, um, I think it's an NW3 postcode. We actually have sold a lot of tickets already. So we're going to probably have to stop taking any more um, sales in um by mid next week but it's five pound an entry um you get a goodie bag for that we're going for a lovely we all meet at the spaniards inn we go for a, a lovely walk behind we have the spooky dog walk which is for about about 45 minutes and then we come back and we'll have a little competition for the best dressed um witch wizard and dog oh great so, so can i help do the judging you can indeed yeah i'm not sure if we'll be able to do if there's too many people we'll probably just do a, a fancy like a little halloween parade and we'll we'll judge that way so if you're listening, I would like to come along, get those costumes ready now. Um, we don't suggest that we suggest the dogs dress up after the walk because, oh, that's Mimi barking. She's telling me it's supper time. Um, <laughs> but yes, it should be lots of fun. And it'd be great to have you along as a judge. Um, and we are also doing, which I know you're coming along to, our fashion show. So we're doing Pause for Fashion um, at a great place called The Engine Rooms in um, near our offices in East Finchley Highgate. Um, and details for that are... Um, online we've got some amazing celebs that have donated clothing which we're going to hopefully auction off um, to raise some funds for the dogs this Christmas and Anna um, I'm not sure if you'll be modeling again this time or just coming along with Joe in the audience but um... no we want to model Joe's really <laughs> keen we want to model, oh, do you want to model? Oh, wow. yeah well I did okay. really well with my modeling you I even sold the, the shoes yeah. I sold yeah. the shoes <laughs> yeah, I thought amazing and some silver shoes dancing to Donna Summer I need I feel love that was um, mad. I, I did enjoy it. I want that dress. Oh, I wish I'd auctioned. I wish I'd, you know, bidded on myself. You know what I mean? But they, but the, yeah, but there's some great stuff to be had. And um, rumour has it that I think Johnny Depp is hopefully um, donating a piece of jewellery to us to auction off. So um, that's not 100%, but that's not Oh, God, I'd have so. to put first reserve on it. But it, <laughs> it would just be beyond my financial means. That's the awful thing. But first reserve on it, definitely. I might have to ask Joe to chip in. <laughs> we, can share, we can all share Johnny Depp's ring. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Shady can't bring and wear it in person well that would be very nice that would be very nice but let's it see. would it would but let's see <laughs> but listen Ira look it's good to end on a positive note and it's so brilliant to have you championing dogs on the front line in London so um I'll see you a week today lovely great look forward to seeing you then that's our show Mr Binks what did you think yes it is very sad that people tend to buy and sell dogs on the internet. And you're right, it is time for Woof of the Week. In my humble opinion, buying a dog on the internet simply should not be allowed. Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. 
If you did, go on, rate and review the show wherever you tune into your podcast, because it really makes a difference. Thanks again, of course, to Ira Moss for joining us today and all the links to All Dogs Matter are in the show notes. Thanks, of course, to Mike, my producer, for all the production and music as ever. Find out more about him at Pod People UK. And for me, I'm just at Anna Webb Dogs. What's that, Mr. Binks? Yes, we will be back in your feed next Sunday. So why don't you subscribe now? It's free. And that way you'll never miss another show. Bye for now.